Greetings, nostalgia nerds. It's Magic Cyclops. You might remember me from absolutely nothing because you've never heard of me before. You are listening to the Don't You Forget About Me podcast. And welcome back to another thrilling episode of the New Wave Music Podcast. As always, this is your host, Steve. And I'm the co-host, T-Bone. And yes, this is thrilling, Steve. Very thrilling. We'd like to welcome our listeners back. And if this is your first time, we hope you like it. T-Bone, today we're finally going to get around to reviewing the album from The Fix. I know we've been teasing this for months. Yeah, we've had to push things back, unfortunately, but we're finally getting around to this one. And our listeners will no doubt remember The Fix from such songs as Red Skies. One thing leads to another. And secret separation. Oh, yeah. Classic songs. Absolutely. So this new album is called Every Five Seconds, and it was released this year, 2022. This is the 11th studio album for The Fix and uh, the first album in 10 years since Beautiful Fiction, which is another album that I really enjoyed quite a bit. It's a great album. Yeah. So, you know, we have... Uh, really pretty much the whole original band. Uh, we have Cy Kernan on vocals, Adam Woods on drums, Rupert Greenall on keyboards. Now, those were original members from 1979 on. And then we have Jamie West Orham on guitars and Dan K. Brown on bass. Jamie joined The Fix in 1980 and Dan joined in 1983. So, like I say, since at least 1983, these are all original band members, which is not really something that we see all that often from the bands that we talk about. And the album Every Five Seconds opens up with the track a life survived. I love how this one kind of opens up with an ambious uh, vibe and subtle use of that harmonica. Size vocals are stronger than ever and outstanding on this track. He does a, this track does a great job of trying to build upon itself. I love the track through the lyrics. Uh, the, even though the lyrics are kind of more of a somber note, reflecting the life of 
regret and sorrow this to me is still an outstanding fix song yeah yeah i i really enjoy this quite a bit it, it starts off kind of instrumentally very sultry and then size vo- vocals kick in like you mentioned they're they're very good jamie's guitars kind of smolder underneath the keyboards until about a minute and a half in and then the bass joins in strongly this i think is a very assured start to this album and i think it may be one of the most mature tracks that the the fix has ever produced oh, without a question from there we go to the second track, Closer. This was one of the singles that was released prior to the release of the album. I've really liked this song. It's grown on me a lot. And I do feel that this song here will, if you've seen the fix live, this is going to become probably a staple in one of their live shows. Uh, Jamie's guitar work does a great job to accompany size vocals. We actually had saw them live a few months ago and they did this song and it sounded really well live. Yes, if you have not seen the fix live, Sai is probably one of the second best frontmen I've seen right behind uh, Andy McClusty from OMD. Oh, yeah, no question. Yeah, I think of any song on this album, this one reminds me the most of Classic Fix. Uh, this is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. I mean, it has a fantastic beat accompanied by fine guitar work and keyboards. Uh, midway through, Jamie gets to flex his guitars a little bit, employing some different styles. The variety of sounds here is what I think makes this track so strong. And that's not even including Sai's voice, which I think is spot on. Then we move into Take What You Want. People, and I loved how this one kind of opens with that soft keyboards from Rupert. Size vocals will slowly build in, and then that drum kicks in and it kicks the song into full force. Yeah, I, and I completely agree because my, my notes say Rupert's lush keyboards begin the track, and, and the, they're a great combination with the vocals. Then, shortly after that, all the instruments join in, but for me, I kept hearing different uh, keyboard sounds. I thought, I thought mm-hmm. Rupert's work on that was just fantastic, and this one really starts to rock about midway through. Yeah. Uh, really good track. And that leads us up to the fourth track. Wake up. And with the initial guitar chords, Steve, I thought that we'd been transported to 1990 and was listening to Nirvana. Which, for me, is not a good thing. I am one of the few out there, but I am not a Nirvana fan. But once the other instruments come in, especially the pounding drums and some sumptuous keyboards it became easy to forgive. Size vocals, uh, they, they oftentimes have kind of a gothic tone to them until he changes the sound to what we've become so familiar mm-hmm. with. Maybe you're joking-ish about how this was sounding a bit grungy when we first heard the single last year. I'm not joking. Um, but I, I, for one, really enjoyed this raw sound. It's kind of more raw from Psy like you're talking about. And then you kind of halfway through kick his vocals back up to what you're used to hearing. 
And I really like the lyrics on there. It's time to wake up and question everything you see. Yeah. No, it's really just that opening guitar riff that has that, you know, grungy uh, Nirvana kind of sound. Yeah. I mean, am I joking a little bit? Maybe, but it did remind me of Nirvana, which I'm not a fan of. But like I said, it was easy to forgive. Which leads us into the track Suspended in Make Believe. Is it all a dream? Waking in me. Suspended in make believe. Well, T-Bone, this track does slow down a, a little bit, especially from Wake Up. Almost like the album is t- kind of at this point taking its time to catch up and catch a breath. After four very solid songs, this one does kind of slow down a little bit. This one here just didn't really connect with me all all throughout the album. This is probably my least favorite song on the album. It's one that I can, to be honest, I struggle to make it through. Yeah. You know, I I probably liked it a little bit more than you did. Um, You're right. Things do slow down a bit on this track. I found that there's sort of a a mystical design to this one, which I I found very alluring. Uh, Once again, though, it's Rupert's rich keyboards that I found to be the highlight. And that takes us to the sixth track, which is one of my favorite on the album. It's called Lonely as a Lighthouse. I found this to have perfect use of ambient sound to start the song. Uh, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but size vocals are powerful on this track. And Jamie's guitars, along with Dan's bass, provide a, a great backbone to the track, really driving it forward. A guitar solo midway through. Uh, it's short and sweet, but just right. And just as you think the track is starting to lose momentum late in the song, it finishes for me on a very powerful note. I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I'm actually, I mean, it's a great song. I'm surprised. It's one of your favorites as it's all over five minutes. And we know yeah, well, feel. I've grown. That's good. Um, but I did like the just like the opening track to this album. This one, Lyric Wise, also deals with uh, loneliness and depression. But it's done in, in a way that the fix can make this into a very enjoyable track that you're going to want to keep coming to and revisiting. I really enjoyed this. I was also surprised that they did this as one of their like last second to last songs as an encore in the last time we saw them live. Well, I think it's that good of a track. Oh, without you know, a doubt. I mean, they, they played, I believe, either five or six songs live off the new album. I think it was six. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they all fit in so well with their repertoire. I, I, I can see why they can play those, whereas many bands don't really play as many new songs as they do their old. I mm-hmm. think these fit in. And you can tell the audience maybe was not as familiar, but they still connected with the Oh, audience. I think so. And then we jump into the track, Cold. The music on this track is amazing. I like how it opened. I really enjoyed how it opened with size vocals. They work well. The, the chorus is good and catchy. However, I feel this song does go on just a little bit too long. And see, I'm going to disagree with you on that. This is actually 
well, I guess it'd be the third of my favorite songs on this uh, album. I thought Sai's singing is the vocal point for, at the beginning of the track. All the instruments are there. They kind of swirl in the background, but his singing is passionate and forceful and quite possibly the strongest on any song on this album. Uh, this actually, like I mentioned, is one of my favorites on the album. It's right up there with the best. You're absolutely right. It is one of the longest track. It is the longest is. track at six and a half minutes. But for me and... I must be getting better in my old age, but this one just did not wear out for me, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's good. Then we jump into the track Spell. This one is a relatively short track, but to me, T-Bone, this is probably the other, the second skippable track on the album for me. It just did not really work or connect to me. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, again, I think maybe I liked it a little bit more yeah. than you did. Uh, the keyboards, I think, uh, although I will say the it, it is kind of a little bit more of a standard track, but I think those keyboards help elevate it. Uh, I did like the OO backing vocals on yeah. it. I found the instrumentation equally good, but I, I must say I am glad that this was one of their shorter songs. And that takes us up to the 11th track, Women of Flesh and Blood. Woman of Flesh and Blood, I want to look at you. Woman of the world, I want to talk to you. Woman of Flesh and Blood, I want to touch you. Steve, I'm not really sure what to think about this song. Uh, you know, at times it's kind of tender. Uh, other times, especially with Psy vocals, it's significantly over the top and almost oper operatic in its way that only a rock song can be. Turn the say it's kind of just all over the map but i think it's hardly the worst song of the bunch yeah vocally wise it might sound a little different but that's actually because jamie the guitarist is actually doing vocals on this album oh is that right i did not and know si that and Sai will jump in at times and you can tell when it switches over to Sai. Sai, i think did a great job in assisting jamie with the vocals i had kind of the backing vocals and at times almost kind of a, a raw duet well you learn something new every day and closing out the album is the track never ending T-Bone, as the saying goes, they save the best for last, or at least in my opinion, this was, this was my favorite track on the album. I love the guitar mix, how it was mixed with the percussions to open the track. And once that chorus kicks in, I'm all in for this one. I found it to be a very enjoyable track. Yeah, I like this one quite a bit, too. Um, things, uh, you know, different from the previous track where I thought it was a little mix all over the place. Th things get really back in focus on this final track. For me, it started off as a very simple song, but then things start to really pick up. I really enjoyed the change of tempo midway through. Yeah. Uh, makes for an interesting and a fun listen on this one. I can see why it's one of your favorites. 
So overall, with, the, with this album here, T-Bone, I really hope we don't have to wait another 10 years for a new Fix album. Oh, yeah, I hope not. Um, you know, with the exception of two songs, I really enjoyed this album. It's one that I would still recommend picking up. If you're a diehard fan of The Fix, you've already had this album long before we've even got to this review. If you're a casual fan, maybe didn't really know they had a new album out, I highly recommend picking this one up. Yeah, you know, it's going to be difficult to compete against classic fix uh, especially the seminal reach the beach uh, this is awfully close though uh, it has great songs fantastic musicianship and strong vocals that come together to make a wonderful album uh, it's clear that all the time these guys have been together uh, they not only know each other very well but they trust each other's abilities so Agreed. With Even with a few minor missteps, I think it's clear that I, along with you, Steve, recommend this album quite a bit. I believe fans of the band are going to like what they hear. Uh, when we mentioned that we were getting ready to review every five seconds, some people that listen to the podcast expressed how much they already liked the album. I couldn't agree more. Well, we're in between album reviews, T-Bone, so that must mean one thing. It's time for some music news. Absolutely, yeah. So The Cure is going to be doing a 30th anniversary deluxe edition reissue of Wish, and that's going to come out on October 7th, but the vinyl will not come out till November 25th. Steve, this thing is loaded. It's three discs. Um, the, the first disc has the full album. It's been remastered. The second disc, though, is going to feature 21 previously unreleased demos, and the third disc is going to have things such as the never released on CD or digitally Lost Wishes EP, along with unreleased songs such as a Wendy's Band. Um, it should be a pretty good set for those that are big Cure fans. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Wish is probably one of my favorite Cure albums. It gets a little overshadowed by Disintegration because yes. that was just such an amazing album. It's right. hard to follow up, but Wish does a great job. Oh, it's a fantastic album. And this album may spark some interest with our listeners is it's called Life Moves Pretty Fast, the John Hughes Mixtape Collection, which essentially is, I believe it's like a four or five album collection of all the music from the John Hughes movies, ranging from 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, She's Having a Baby, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, you know, the classic wow. Hughes movies. And it will even feature some of the music that was for the Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which, as we know, never really had an official soundtrack release. And then uh, we also had some uh, news about the Echo and the Bunnymen tour that's going on right now. Ian McCulloch has had to leave some shows due to illness. Um, he, they have played since then, so kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, they have had to cancel a couple of shows. Most likely, the rest of the tour will be fine. Hey, this is Michael, and I'm here at Lost 80s Live with the New Wave Music Podcast. Going to have a great time. And as you just heard, we just ran into a listener, Michael, from the Lost 80s Live show that me and T-Bone attended. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I, I guess uh, the, our show was the first on this new tour this year. Well, Steve, things did not go as well. <laughs> did not go very well. You, you know, I, personally, I would think that since they have done this tour for twenty years, that they would be ready even for that first show. But uh, Steve, as you witnessed, it was a little bit of a disaster. Yeah, it was a big show with like I think there was like twelve bands on there. So there's bound to be a few hiccups. I mean, the doors were an hour and a half late opening. Which caused the show to to go long. Yeah. Well, and like I say, Steve, they've been doing this a long time. You would think that they would know how to get it even on the My first My biggest show. complaint was is whoever was running the soundboard for our show 
I don't say this often, but needs to be fired. Oh yeah. Horrible was, job with that sound it was mix. Bad. Yeah. They just weren't prepared. I mean, no, it's difficult. I'm sure putting on a big show like that. Uh, the crowd was really into it though. I must say they really enjoyed the different bands. Um, I, I, I was happy with that and we had a pretty good seat, so it, it was yeah. well worth it. I mean, the, some of the bands we ran into and emotion, I thought did a great job that we saw. Wang um, Chung as oh, usual. Wang Chung killed it as as always. Yeah, I, I really would like to see a full set of theirs, not just the few songs that they play. Yeah, and even the English beat did really well, considering they had some major hiccups, as we could see from our spots during yeah. from mics not working to amps not working to their toaster not being able to show up for this one. He missed his flight. Yeah, but Dave's such a, a showman and professional, he was able to go through it, and I don't think most of the crowd even knew that yeah. there was an issue. Probably not. And then we get to some other bands, so. Yeah, there was a few that just did Unfortunately, Naked work. Eyes, I don't know what happened there. That was very disappointing. Yeah, I think he had sound issues also, but it was it was a mess. And Tommy Two-Tone, uh, you know, maybe a little bit better than the last time we saw him, yeah. but uh, yeah. Grammarama was, was really rough to sit through. Very rough. Yeah, although there was one fan up front that was having the time of her life. <laughs> yes, yes, there was. <laughs> but overall, I mean, it's an enjoyable show. You kind of go, you get to see what... You, you know what you're in for with that type of show. Right. Absolutely. It's one I'd still go again. I just hope they go to a, a different venue. Yeah. The venue that we saw them at was just too big. I mean, it had pretty good sized crowd on the floor, but around the, the arena itself, it was very sparse and yeah, they just, they, they don't need to be in such a big location, but Hey, it is what it is. All right, so Steve, up next, we are going to look at the most recent release from Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, You'll most likely remember them for such songs as All I Want. Walk on the ocean. Walk on the ocean. Step on the stone. Flesh becomes water. Walk on Walk on the ocean. Uh, this one is entitled Starting Now, and it was released in 2021. This is their seventh album. It is their first since 2013's New Constellation. But Steve, as we found, they do have a 2022 album called Rock and Roll Runners, but it looks like it's just material that they recorded back in 1980. Yeah. Yeah. So this one has Glenn Phillips on vocals, guitars, and keyboards, Todd Nichols on guitars, Dean Denning on bass and keyboard, and Josh Dalbin on drums. Now, Glenn, Todd, and Dean are all original members. Josh came uh, to the band uh, much more recently. Now, Steve, a little trivia here for you. I don't know if you know this, but there is another band that used the name, which is from a Monty Python skit, the Toad the Wet Sprocket. They were a band of the same name formed in England between the mid-70s 
'70s and then disbanding in the early '80s. Huh. So yeah, they're, they're not. This is not the first band that was named Toad the Wet Sprocket. Interesting. Yeah. So the album starting now kicks off with the track Game Day. This is a good song to jump back into the sound of Toad the Wet Sprocket. This feels like revisiting an old familiar friend. The guitars, the lyrics, the melody work very well and immediately pulls you back into that sound that is no doubt Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good opening for the album. It, it's a bit more of a mellow song, which I think we're going to find this is a common theme on this album. Uh, it does have very rich instrumentation with wonderful guitars and bass. I felt that uh, that uh, Glenn Phillips' vocals are still pretty strong, and he sounds really good on this track. And that leads us up to the second track, Transient Wells. I don't like cooking meals for one miss the chaos and the noise the family work that's never done now in dreams i swim with the transient waves now steve if i heard this track without knowing who the band was I would have sworn we were listening to Jackson Brown. And that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Jackson Brown is an, an outstanding songwriter, but it really surprised me on how familiar this track sounded. Along with the guitars, I really like the drums, which were a little bit more subdued and behind the scenes on the song. It's a good song, but I'm really surprised about what it sounded like to me. Yeah, see, this one for me, is it's a nice ballad that highlights Glenn's vocals very well. I enjoyed this track. I did, like you said, I did like the use of the soft acoustic percussions and there's a subtle use of an electric guitar that works well to accompany Glenn's vocals and just gets that track just a little bit of a push. Yeah, absolutely. And then we jump into the song Best of Me. T-Bone, this one here, I would never expect Toad the Wet Sprockets to be singing with a Doobie Brother. Michael McDonald, the Silver Fox himself, does some <laughs> backing vocals with Glenn on this. And it actually works surprisingly very well. Yeah, I actually, this is one of my favorite songs oh, on yeah. the album. And I think it was really highlighted by that familiar voice. You know, I, I didn't catch it initially. I had to kind of uh, do a little research to find who was doing the backing vocals and the kind of duet vocals with it. And yeah, to find that it was Michael McDonald um, was, a, for me, a very pleasant surprise. Uh, I, I think really it's what makes the track strong is having that that surprisingly different vocal style on there that he employs then we get to the title track starting now starting with the next While this was an enjoyable track, I gotta admit that I struggled to get into this one. And I really just can't put my finger on why. It just maybe was not enjoyable or a tight track like the previous uh, couple songs before it. I just, T-Bone, this is one I just kind of struggled and I just can't really recommend this track. Yeah, well, you know, I maybe liked it a little bit more, but not 
it's not one of my favorites by any stretch. It's more of a mid-tempo track. I still found um, uh, Glenn Phillips' vocals to be really good on it. And in addition, uh, I think so are the the keyboards, which blend just right, and not and they don't take over the song. They just fill in, I thought, really well on this track. And that leads us up to the fifth track, In the Lantern Light. In the Lantern Light So this one is a little bit of a slower song. We, we're back. We're kind of to a slower pace on this, but I really did find it to be kind of a beautiful ballad. Uh, I really enjoyed the subtle backing vocals, which accompany Philip's voice wonderfully. And yeah, this one actually is one of my favorite ones on the album. It is a bit slower, as you said, but I, I feel the band seems to be back up to form with this slower song. Glenn's vocals get a shine on this one, especially like you mentioned with the soft backing vocals in that chorus. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I agree with you on that. Next up is Hold On. On this one, the pace def- definitely picks up a little bit. Uh, it has some really great guitar work throughout. Yeah, it does. And I also like how there's a, there's a subtle tempo change that kind of goes through, builds up throughout that song. It's very kind of subtle. It builds up and up to it. And again, this one's one of my other favorite ones on the album. I enjoy the lyrics, the vocals, and the music all on this one. Which takes us to the next song, Truth. It's a bit more up-tempo than all the songs have been on this album, and almost at times kind of has a gospel or revival-type beat or vibe to it. And as they say in the song, it's time to shake things up a bit. And this one definitely does shake things up, at least up to this point in the album. Yeah, you know, this actually is one of my, I think, my second favorite track on the album. Uh, The style really changes on this song. Instead of that kind of mellow rock sound, Mm -hmm. we have a little bit more of a soulful alternative country style on this track. The drums are playful and they move the song along nicely. Uh, What I like most about the song is that it has, it sounds a little bit different than the other tracks on this album. Album. Uh, it's a very short track. I think one that easily could have been longer. Then we go to the song Slowing Down. Turn them down now, all the voices. Fit in my head up with ugly noises. Out of the silence, I need the stillness. Work hard to get here. T-Bone, I actually really enjoyed this track as well. It's a little bit more of a slow. <laughs> yeah, seen yeah, on this album. figures, huh? The lyrics kind of grab me a little bit. It's more kind of about taking life in, slowing down and enjoying things. And it could be hard to accept getting older. 
and you need to slow down a bit and enjoy life. And I actually kind of really like the album, yeah. the song. Well, for me, this song kind of epitomizes the entire album, and the title says it all. Uh, it does have <laughs> it does have great musicianship throughout it, uh, but these are melodious, mature songs, and and all too often, I think they're just a little bit too reserved. Uh, you really, for me, I really wanted this one just to break out, but I suppose that's just not Toad's style. No, but the next song, Dual Citizen. This one here kind of, again, surprised me as I never thought I'd have a, a little bit of Sith work in a Toad the Wet Sprocket song. But that's how it does open with an electric Sith opening. It's a bit different sound for Toad, or actually quite a bit different sound for Toad, but I actually found it enjoyable. I liked how they kind of went from almost spoken word into combining that with the backing vocals through, for the chorus. Yeah, and I like this track quite a bit also. It also opens up with some interesting drum guitar yeah. combinations. There's a kind of a bit of underlying funk on this track, which comes to a delightful surprise. Uh, Phillip's vocals are a little more muted here, uh, unlike the rest of the album. Uh, I found this song to be a bold, unusual experiment, and I liked it quite a bit. It lets the instruments take the forefront, which I thought was a change that was very welcome for me. And so that leads us up to the final track, Fever. Oh, my children, where you Phillips is back on, on the focus on this, the final track, but he's accompanied with some soulful strings uh, that work perfectly within the song. Midway through, a guitar line comes in and uh, becomes the focus for a period of time. I really thought this was a great way to end the album. T-Bone, I agree with you 100% on this one. To close things out, we get this very nice, beautiful acoustic track. This one definitely gets to show Glenn's vocals that they have not aged a day. That's one thing I think we can agree on with this album. Uh, his vocals work very well. I also love that subtle use of, I don't know if it's a violin, but some type of string. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those strings. that come in does used to highlight the track and Absolutely. that really stood out to me as well yeah i agree so these are fairly well they're all fairly short songs uh mm -hmm. fever is the longest at just about over five minutes and that makes this album i i felt a very easy listen that being said it's not a very exciting album uh toad has always been on that borderline when it comes to 80s alternative here is with as with i think most of their works it might be closer to describing them as kind of more of an alternative folk yeah, and I mean, like you said, this one is a short album, but it to me felt long. To get through this review, I struggled with it. I just, yeah. not that it's a bad album. I just, to be honest, I got bored. Well, and I agree. I agree it, on that. It's one that, you know, if you're a fan of, of Toad, you already have it. 
Um, so, you know, if you're a casual fan, I would probably maybe get a track here or there that you maybe like. But uh, as far as a full album, I can't recommend it. Yeah, you know, I'm going to just give this album a mild recommendation. But I do think you're going to have to be in a particular mood to fully take it in. Uh, the musicianship is excellent. And Phil, as you mentioned, Steve, Phillips' vocals sound great. Uh, when you're looking for a great album, those are obviously the two things that are most needed. But an album that can hold your interest is equally important. This may not be that album. And that's going to do it for this episode of the New Wave Music Podcast. Looking ahead to our next episode, we are going to be reviewing the new album from Bananarama and a listener-requested artist, Information Society. And T-Bone, our listener, did reach out to us to recommend Information Society. If our listeners have recommendations or want to get a hold of us, how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have a number of different social media sites. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can really kind of just look up New Wave Music Podcast to find us on those. There's also our email address, don't you forget podcast at yahoo.com. Please send us an email or shoot us a message from the services. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we always love to hear an idea from a, a listener on what we should uh, review on one of our upcoming podcasts. And we hope you enjoyed and we look forward to talking with you next time. Mm-hmm.